shirt, man. Hey, thanks, man. Oh, Peace and love, brother. Sexy. I like it. I like it. Episode 173, Paul Whitcomb. I don't know what the date is. Oh, no, it's September 1st. September 1st, 2020, 2.33 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, world's kind of on fire, but as we said yesterday with my buddy Brad, you know, for a, for a world that's going through pandemic and a bunch of civil unrest, we're doing it in stride. I mean, we all sure things are. considered, all things considered, like, we're doing it in stride. We're taking it. That's not to diminish the deaths, but, like, normally you don't have, like, running water and uh, internet and electricity and automobiles during pandemic delivery exactly exactly so fuck yeah but so you don't need to introduce yourself you've been on here enough times i was <laughs> i've I always go through your your uh posts on uh facebook the underworld was it clowns killers kings killers and clowns kings killers and clowns all about the chicago outfit and mafia in general and i like them i like them a lot there's a lot of interesting shit but some of them are, are gory. God, that picture of the dude in the back of the car. Horrible. Woo. But what a way to go. The one I saw, though, Stefano, Dan, Stan, Dan. Mad Sam Stefano. Serial killer. I was like, okay, yeah, like they all, you know, they're all serial killers. Like, yeah, I got it. I got it. But it was the soundproof torture chamber and the altar to Satan. And I texted you and I was like, we gotta just do an episode and you were like let's do it today and i was like let's do it today big dick energy here we are here we are buddy so fucking just go into it just take take the reins paul there's there's so many stories that come out of the outfit which which is the name for the what you would call the mafia or the mob out east chicago is is real different we we uh in popular culture it really starts with al capone Mm -hmm. who is Probably the most famous criminal in history. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Can you think of another criminal that's as well known as Al Capone? I went to elementary school with his, his grandson was in my older brother's class. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. New Hampshire. Aaron Ellis. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's really what starts the story. And it's beyond the scope of today to talk about the history of that and prohibition. And, and it goes back a long way. But. Boy, Mad Sam Stefano was uh, probably the worst torture murderer in the history of Chicago, and maybe even more. What, he was. Uh, yeah, what made it so bad? Well, it's a good question. Uh, Mad Sam was one of a family of criminals. Uh, just to put it in perspective, how twisted that family situation was. He had a younger brother, uh, Michael who was a drug addict, heroin. And uh, it was embarrassing to, to Mad Sam, and he, he saw it somehow as unclean. And uh, so he killed his brother <laughs> and washed him, very carefully washed his body, arranged him very nicely so he would be found right away. And that was how he dealt with the, the family embarrassment of having a, a drug addict. Many years later, his own brother killed Mad Sam. So it came full circle, and uh, fitting ending. That's it. It really is, isn't it? But 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 anyway, Sam Sam De Stefano was uh, a a crook, a thief, a burglar, and there were a lot of them in Chicago in the '30s, as you, you've heard. Mm-hmm. It wasn't limited to Chicago to uh, Al Capone. And there were an awful lot of criminals who were not 
part of the outfit that weren't mafia members. Mm-hmm. But they were just doing their thing. But a guy named Mad Sam Stefano, who was known as just Sam Stefano, was in prison and ran into a guy by the name of Paul Rica. Paul Rica was the real heir of Al Capone's empire. Okay. He impressed Paul Rica in, in ways that, that I, I don't know. I can't imagine what kind of a thing you're doing as a talent scout for the mafia. <laughs> you can't really post your, your needs on, uh, on zip it recruiter. <laughs> zip recruiter. Uh, Indeed. A, li- a literal, uh, a literal headhunter. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. We're looking for literal, literal head- headhunters, literal. <laughs> we are. <laughs> so, so Sam, who, uh, lived on Sayre here on, on Chicago's far west edge, just about into the suburbs. Across the street was a suburb, actually. He, he married his wife, Anita. He had, a, he had a, a, a normal life to that extent. But as he began to get involved with Paul Rica's outfit, first, he became a juice loan collector. You know what that is, right? I have no idea what that is. Well, a loan shark. Okay. What is ju- it? Juice you line. call it the juice okay. in Chicago. Okay. And you loan people money at an outrageous sum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the interest is, is so high that just the interest payments are are enormous. Yeah. And the only desperate people go to juice loan guys. And, well, you get to – how do you collect that money? There's no bank. You can't take it to court. And and that quickly became Sam Stefano's favorite part of the job. Oh, God. He would uh, torture people. Uh, one famous guy uh, did, was a little late on the money, so Sam kidnapped the guy and chained him to a radiator and made his family at a, at a family gathering, brought the guy in, chained him to a radiator, and made his family uh, pull down their pants and urinate on him in front of the whole crowd. And he had a, a reputation for that kind of thing. That's why he was called Mad Sam. Even the the killers in the mob were terrified of this guy. And Mad Sam was not just a bad guy. He, he was a Satanist. Yeah. And would have fits where he'd throw himself to the ground and uh, spin around like some demented curly from the Three Stooges and, and cry out to Satan and how he belonged to Satan and asking for Satan's help. And so the guy's got a pretty black resume. Sure. Not the kind of guy you'd want to borrow any money from, right? Or the guy that you want collecting your money. That's the interesting thing about it. He Man, was so sick. If he if he so worked twisted. I was gonna say if he worked for China, we the US would have paid our debt off years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you need twenty trillion? Got it, bud. Here you go. That's exactly Lump sum, right. precious metals. You got it yesterday. <laughs> it's amazing what an ice pick to the scrotum does to it, one's motivation. Amazing, yeah, it really does. But yeah, yeah. But this guy, he was he was the real thing. I mean, he was so vicious and so unpredictable that even though he earned a lot of money, the mafia would never let him be a member. The outfit. He was never a made member of the outfit because he was just playing too terrifying and too crazy. He was too crazy for Al Capone's heirs. That tells you something it's about kind of, how whacked out this guy was. Kind of ironic. 
it's almost the same. It's almost the same uh, stain that he viewed his little brother as, the heroin addict. Right. Same. That's exactly it's a stain. Right. Keep him at a distance. He's very useful. Yes. But that's all he is. Yes. He was an, an animal. To Rottweiler, yeah. He's, he made a ton of money, and people were terrified of him. Yeah. Uh, give you an idea. I got a couple of stories about Mad Sam. Fuck yeah. Uh, that are they're pretty amazing. Uh, the the first one is this is how insane he was. He got upset at his wife Anita for some reason. I, I imagine being this guy's wife, you know, and come home and dinner's not ready. Maybe he whatever. maybe he is just an awesome husband. Oh, wouldn't he be great? Maybe so total he got mad man. at her, and this is how he punished her. And, and this was in the late fifties, early sixties. Uh, segregation is still in play. Mad Sam got in his car, drove to a gas station. Went up to the first black man he saw, stuck a gun in his ribs and said, you're coming with me. Tossed the guy in his car. This poor guy's thinking he's getting kidnapped or what have you. He drove the guy back to the house and then forced his wife to perform fellatio on him at gunpoint to, pu- to punish her. So this poor guy, you can imagine, he's African-American. He's, he's being forced to do this. He thought for sure he's about to be either killed or sent to jail for the rest of his life. So he actually was let go by Mad Sam. He went right to the police station and reported the whole thing. Maybe Sam was just into that. Well, you know, Sam was into a lot. Maybe he was just into that, and that was his excuse. If he had been alive in 2020, hey, it's no one shames you. If you're into like, cuckoldry, <laughs> it's fine. Hey, man, that's fine. No I one can a tumbler any time. Yeah, can, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Props, but, uh, props to that black guy. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, the guy was terrified, and rightfully so. How Not only did he survive a trip to Mad Sam's house, but... How do you even get it up during that? Uh, you know, that's a really interesting technical question. I'm not I, really sure to know the answer. I had a friend that had, had sex in the U.S. Capitol building. No kidding. Yeah, he was like uh, 22 or something. Brilliant kid. One of my best friends. Mm-hmm. He was like interning for some senator or something. And he fucked this chick in the bathroom. And I was like, how did you do it? And he was like, I was horrified. And I was like, <laughs> did that help? And he was like, it actually did. It was pure fear-based. <laughs> and I was like, why did you do it? And he was like, I don't know, but it had to be done. And I was like, he's very successful. He's a, yeah. <laughs> he's a very yeah. successful guy. You never know. But, um, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, Mad, Mad Sam, yeah, so punished his wife. And, yeah, that is a little fucked up. It sounds a little more sex-driven. Sounds a little more like that was just an excuse. Maybe he was looking for an excuse. He just couldn't be open with his wife. You know, it's really hard to say. I don't. The thing about that is that that implies that somehow he was afraid, and I don't think Mad Sam was afraid of anything. No, me neither. I, I really don't. Uh, Maybe I, really I, was just just insane. Yeah, yeah. And, and another great story about him is. Uh, told by Bill Romer, who was the most decorated FBI agent in the history okay. of the agency. And in the 50s through the 70s, mid-70s, he was assigned to the organized crime unit in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And one of his objects was to recruit informants, double agents, within the outfit. So Romer, in his book, uh, The Man Against the Mob, writes about how he tried to re- recruit Mad Sam. Okay. By visiting once a week, he would go to Sam and Anita's house on Sayre Avenue, and just to try and talk to Sam, 
just to try and cultivate a relationship. And Anita would always serve him coffee before Sam would come up from the basement. And this went on for, for years. Now, Romer always thought the coffee was bizarre, but he figured it was some Italian thing. It just didn't taste quite right. Later, he was talking to a confidential informant that he did recruit after years of visiting Mad Sam and the weird coffee. And the informant said, you dumbass Romer, he's been pissing in your coffee every day. Okay, that's better than I thought it was going to be. I figured it was going to be piss or something. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking it was going to be like the blood from the jugular of whoever he was torturing. <laughs> this is not as bad, man. If you ever gone through a fraternity and you were a pledge at some point, you fuck with yeah. their food and their drink. And you know, in turns, it probably happens to you. That's not as bad. It's it's uh it's fucked it's up. Not as bad as it could have been in the universe of, of Mad, Mad Sam. Sam. I was thinking it was going to be like the entrails or like the recently evacuated bowels of whoever he just killed. All things considered, well, that's not that bad. You know, all things considered, <laughs> it's you're right. And all I things never considered, perspective. I think Romer probably should have thanked him. Yeah, all things you know, for all things considered, we're taking the pandemic in stride. All things considered, <laughs> pissy coffee. That's pretty good, man. That's almost as good as just simply getting off by, you know, you got away after, after getting uh, getting some head from his wife. That's uh, all things considered. That's got away. You, you know, you're right about that. <laughs> but the, the FBI agent and you know, he was so nuts that every time he was arrested, he had a trial. He would make a circus out of it. So in the last one, he is he's indicted with one of his. Uh, students, someone he brought up in the mob. You might know who he is, Tony Spilatro. Okay, uh, Casino, Tony, right? Casino. Yes, uh, you've um, seen it. So the Joe Pesci Joe character, Pesci, yeah, who looks identical. Who looks like him? Absolutely. Now, I think Joe, Joe Pesci was over the top a little bit in terms of the constant yeah, cussing, yeah. And, you know, emotions, but he he really played the part well. And so he and Spilatro are on charge together, and Mad Sam comes to court in a hospital bed yelling at the judge through a megaphone. <laughs> so this was of great concern to his co-defendants, okay. as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can imagine this is not going to make the jury like us, right? No. So Bad Sam's in his garage. Don't know what he was doing for sure. But up comes Tony Spilatro. Behind him is his own brother, Mario Stefano. Greets him, says hello. Tony Spilatro steps aside. Mario's got a sawed-off shotgun, double barrel, and he unloads both barrels right into Mad Sam. One severed his left arm completely from his body. Killed him instantly. And they walked away calmly. And like, that was the end of Mad Sam Stefano. It's like the line from Goodfellas. It's like it's the ones who get you. It's like they're your friends. It's not your enemies. They come to you smiling. Always. That, oh, that's so. But I feel like you probably got to know that when you're in that industry. Oh yeah. I don't think they're. I don't think any of them are doing it in hopes of living a long life. No. It's fast and hard. Yeah, there are so few exceptions of those that that lived a long time. Yeah, I always Nine, think about about a ten. I always think about that when watching Goodfellas. Because in my fucking pussy mind, I'm always like, how can you do this? Are you putting away money? You're spending all that money on coats. You're killing everyone. You're going to die. Like, you know, because I'm just like, oh, God, what are you doing? But I like I realize now I'm like, 
these guys, you know, I'm looking at it like, I want this podcast to grow. I'm 30. By 40, I want to do this. By 50, I want to do this. By 60, I think I can push for change in mental health. These guys aren't doing that. These guys are fucking, you know, getting blowjobs from three girls at once, pinstroot uniform. I'm drinking $10,000 cognac and a brand new Cadillac with, with pearlescent, like, dashboards. And I don't know if I'm dying a day or in 10 years. Right. But they're going right. hard today. Or, or, or what kind of a death it's going to be. Yeah, it's it, death is. I don't think these guys are scared by that. I think they know. Well, they it. should be in Chicago because Chicago is known for torture. They don't just kill you. Okay, so it's not just it's not just the simple to the back of the head. It's no. But even then, man, maybe that's their payoff. They're like, hey, it's part of the thrill. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's getting like hot wax on your balls. It's part of it. They're like, that makes it so much better. Something something drives these guys. That's not that you and I can't rationally relate to. Power. That's what I'm saying, Money. though. The power. I mean, you got to think. Even being like the president, I look at it as like that's terrifying. Everyone's trying to kill you. You got to have X Delta Force around you at all times. Right. I feel like if you're at that point, that probably helps. That probably helps get you. It probably helps you get it, get it up, knowing that everyone's those guys. It's a different breed. It's interesting how every point in this conversation works its way around to erections. Well, you know what? That's everything in humanity. I mean, what is a penthouse but a very nice eagle's nest? It's you're just okay. you're doing your dance. What is a what is an Armani suit? How is that any different from like a colorful feather? It's all mating dances, man. That's all oh, it's it is. It's it's all it is is <laughs> all it is is mating dances. That's all anything we're doing. Why do you want a billion dollars? You can't get. You can max out your fun at a couple million. Why do you want a billion mm-hmm. to have any girl? Why? So you're the man. Why? Because your DNA is playing a trick on you, and it's saying everything's got to go through the dick into a vagina. And we're just cavemen. We're going to the. We're going to the moon. We've gone to the moon. We're doing great things. But I mean, come on, dog. We're apes. That's all it is. It's all boners. It's all big dicks. All right, I'll, I'll buy that philosophy. If we can remove that drive. That's when evolution will go through the fucking ceiling. No longer driven by dicks. <laughs> I, I would want to live in the world like that. Exactly. So maybe maybe that's a, an evolutionary. Maybe it's not a bug. Maybe it's a feature. Have I, everything driven by dicks. I swear to God, you'll have these puppies on the moon within 10,000 years of making the pyramids. It's a plus as far as I consider it. Hey, as far as I know it is. Maybe it's not. Um, But let's bring it back to the the satanic aspect of that because Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer was building a I really don't I like I hate looking into serial killers because I'm such a pussy and I get scared but there is something I mean there's something that you can't look away from it is a train wreck you just like what happened right he was yeah. building an altar out of like skulls and bones but I don't think he was truly in a Satanism because when asked about it when he was in prison, he kind of just shrugged and was like, I don't know, it kind of seemed like a cool thing. Didn't seem like he was as into it, like eyes wide shut, kind of like Illuminati shit. Mad Sam seems like that was his that was his nut. Yeah, yeah, not not in like a uh, Church of Satan Hollywood type of way, yeah. but in a genuine, he thought Satan was where it was at and he was as evil as he could be and he, he, I, I personally know somebody who was in that basement and survived, yeah, which makes it rare. Can and, you, and second, he, he saw. Can you touch on that? The altar. Well, yeah. I, I have a friend whose name is Red We Met. Okay. And Red, 
got out of the Marines, moved to Chicago, 1965, and and got connected with the Chicago outfit. And he ran a porn shop, and of course, that's the kind of thing that attracts yeah. the the outfit. And uh, he he did a lot of minor things for the outfit, but the main thing that happened was he recorded over 600 hours of conversations oh, with damn. Frankie the German Schweiss who could make Mad Sam DiStefano give him a good run for his money as the scariest guy in the Chicago outfit. Why is that? So Red, Red we met through his connections uh, before he turned over this to the government. Uh, he, he was in Mad Sam DiStefano's basement for a meeting with a guy by the name of Kurt Hansen and uh, he knew what went on there, and he lived to tell the tale. Can, uh, can you tell the people listening what went on there? Oh well, sure. And he, he uh, soundproof basement, soundproof basement, chaining chaining people up and torture with ice picks and knives and hammers and baseball bats and chains and horrible things, and nobody knows to this day how many people were tortured and killed in that basement but it was a lot and the whole underworld was terrified of the guy uh so terrified that of course they eventually killed him and he, had he couldn't a, be controlled and he, had he an was altar. used as a source of fear and he was a very good earner and he had an altar he had an altar of satan in his basement yes can, can, what, can you go into that more do you know anything more about it Red described it to me as uh, draped a, a table draped in black cloth, and uh, he didn't see him perform anything or anything like that. I, I don't think that Mad Sam was organized, not only in a serial killer sense, but in his life mm-hmm. enough to be part of any kind of organized religion. My my guess would be that he would call out to Satan like you and I would call out to Jesus and and just feel it was natural sure and that's that was something he, he never denied and when you're at the point where these these mobsters wouldn't bring you into the club because you're too dangerous you are one rabid dog I mean Hitler was scared of one of his guys Reinhardt Gaelic I think Heydrich Heydrich Heid- yeah that was in a surprise kill vanish by Annie Jacobson talked about his assassination. Yes. Hitler feared him. Said yes. He, Hitler apparently said that man has a, an iron heart. Hitler said that Hitler was like, he's a bad guy. <laughs> Quite a compliment. <laughs> yeah. When Hitler's like, he's a, apparently a Hitler was kind of uneasy around him too. Always yeah. had his yeah. own. You have to fact check me, but apparently always had his own security detail. Not just like normal SS, but was just like, I don't know what this motherfucker is. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. That's like being called a horn dog by Bill Clinton. Exactly. That's like Bill Clinton. Like that man doesn't understand that no means no. That man doesn't understand <laughs> respect. It's like, it's like whoa, <laughs> you know, whoa. Yeah, that's as high as it gets. I think yeah, right there. Exactly. That's Tom Brady calling you a baller, right? There you go. It yeah. is. Yeah. It really is. So, yeah. So. Being in that basement, though, I feel like that's something that you're not supposed to wit- – you're, you're supposed to experience and live to tell. No, very few people that's, did. That's and... like uh, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas walking into the room and it's empty. 
Oh, yeah. fuck. Boom. Yeah, right. That's what I'm... Th you don't see that and go, wow. You know, if you're in some, like, deep underground Masonic Lodge and you're watching ex-presidents, like, sacrifice a baby in black robes, it's not like, man, I'm going to tweet about this. It's like, oh, so I guess this is the last thing I see. <laughs> right? Yes. You don't see it and walk yeah. away. Well, in the Chicago outfits, has a history of torture like this. I mean, there are other stories... Uh, famous, famous story is that of Axon Jackson, 300-pound juice loan collector that was seen uh, on the street of, streets of downtown Chicago, seen talking to an FBI agent. That was enough for the outfit to have him knocked down, and not just yeah. knocked down, but tortured to death. He was a bad guy, and there's a lot of bad feelings about him, so some people say this was just an excuse, but whatever... Several outfit hitters took him to a meat rendering plant and hung him on a meat hook through his rectum and tortured him with a cattle prod. They would pour water over his body and then stick him in the penis with the cattle prod, smashed his knees with baseball bats. Uh, it went on. How long do you think he survived that, that particular treatment? 14 hours. Three days. Jesus Christ in heaven. Three days. And it turned out the mobsters, or they were actually caught on a wire talking about this. One of them said, I never could figure out why that fat fuck didn't admit that he was a rat. Well, the reason was he wasn't. Damn. The FBI agent just came up to him and started talking to him. Jackson never gave him anything. Damn. So in his mind, he's probably like, I'm not telling this guy shit. They're going to be so proud of me. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, fuck that guy. Right. That's exactly right. Maybe that FBI agent was a sly dog. Maybe he was like, I'm going to let these motherfuckers see me talk to him. Maybe that got him. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a way to get some street cred in the FBI. Be like, yeah, I talked to a guy once and they tortured him to death because they scared, they're scared of me. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Can you imagine, though, 300 pounds impaled by your rectum? I, that's right. That's, uh, I mean, at what point does shock knock you out? Oh, I'm sure he passed out several times. Imagine waking up and you're still there. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, that's th those are a couple of the stories of, of torture in the Chicago outfit. And, of course, the, the most famous one, if you've seen Casino, you've seen it. Where the, they put the, the guy's head in the vice. <clears throat> Pop his eye out. Popped his eye out. That was Tony Spilatro that did that. Mad St Sam's protege. Oh. One of the guys there was eating pasta while it was going on. I, so I, you can imagine. I saved that image you posted in uh, on your, in your Facebook group, which I'll link in the description and top comment. Mm -hmm. Is uh, Al Capone's uh, spaghetti, secret spaghetti? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. I, I want to get my mom to make it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to give that a try. There's was, a lot of good recipes, a lot of good eating. That's one I'm, thing about. Fucking, like I said, man, it's live hard and fast. Yes, that's one thing you always see in TV, right? The gangsters, they go to their moms, and she feeds them all before they go out and bury Murder. their bodies. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodfellas has a great bit about that. You got to eat. Mom, we got to go. We got to eat. You want to, like, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Have a meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tomatoes in jail. Got to get them just, just right. Yes. Just right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. God damn, man. But it. I like I like that group. I like that Facebook group. It's a uh, 
I love seeing right. the posts. It's because I always I download social media to post my podcast and then I delete it every day. I've been doing it for about uh-huh. a year since I started the podcast nine months because I just I did, on a side tangent that I won't go on. I, I find my mental health is better and I'm in a happier place when I'm not constantly mindlessly and aesthetically just scrolling. Yeah, next thing yeah you know, I agree. You do it long enough, and I don't even just mean you'll waste time. You do it long enough, and I find that I always, it's like almost like a draining system. Like they all drain to the same main sewer. I always find yeah. I, I end up in the main, the main Reddit, Instagram, Facebook. I always end up in the main, the same main sewer of thought. And it's look at everyone else's life. Look how much better they are than mine. And then I'm always like, that's a curated image. It's edited. You bet it. They took, and yeah. not only is it edited, but it's it's pre-edited in that they chose to take that picture instead of all the other hours of them hanging out, waiting for their meal. Instead, it's the it's the perfect lighting, and it always makes me depressed. So, I, but I, but I do post my podcast there. But whenever I get on, I can't help but scroll for just a couple minutes because I see all your posts. Because that's the only thing. I, everything else is just like as uh, as Tim Dillon says. It's just it's just old people screaming at each other. So I just cycle through that, but I see yours and I love the post because it's always, it's always, I mean, it's like, it's like history quality. It is, it's the point of me saying all that, the picture of, uh, who, whose wife and your wife. Oh yeah. That was Nancy Spilatro. Yeah. 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 Tony Spilatro's wife. Yeah. You've got a, you've got a mob boss wife, Paul. That's what she tells me. I tell her you need a mob and she says, that's nonsense. She, she looks the part. She can play it. You could play. Could you could play the part of a mob boss. Yeah, I'd love to. I think it'd be great. You absolutely could. The one that lives to a, a long age. Yeah, yeah, long That's happy ending, and it turns out very at the end. very end they find out that you were you were running it through surrogates. Correct. That's, that's the way to do it, man. Is to never show no your way. fucking face. You don't want to be man, the front man. You, some of them have succeeded in doing that because you never you hear know, of them. You can never hear of them, and there are ones that, you know, just come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you find out like these were the guys at the top. Yeah, and they're like, like they're ninety. other guys. Yeah, you've you've yeah. posted some images of that of like the outfit lineup, and it's always yeah, it's always like, it's a guy's face or name that you never hear, and it's like you've heard of Al Capone, you've heard of Tony, and then you just see some dude, and it's yeah, just some Italian motherfucker, but he could just as easily just own a deli, but it turns out he's the mob, he's the kingpin, but he's not fucking stupid. He plays it through different faces. You got it. You got it. You don't want to be no. John Gotti or no, Apple. no, because it's want to be Sam Carlisi. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. You don't. Yeah, it, you that, don't know who that is. Nobody knows who that is. The no. government didn't have a picture of him. <laughs> you don't want to be the. You don't want to be the CEO of Apple. You want to nope. be. You want to be the fucking the hedge fund owner. That is hidden behind umbrella corporations, but. That, when you see that though it kind of it leads a little bit of like what's the right word is credence the right word lends credence yeah, credence or street cred or depending on the implication oh okay. i mean like uh, i'm looking for like Driving auth- costs? authenticity like legit well i'm saying it, it leads gives some seriousness to the idea that like the president is just a front man whether or not he knows it is a, it that could be it that's up for conspiratorial argument but it gives a little like if you see it in this in this organized crime 
not just gangbangers, but I mean guys that pull off billions of dollars of revenue, so they're intelligent. Even like Pablo Escobar, like gunned down on a rooftop. Like you don't want to be the head man. Right. You want to be behind well, it. There's there's a lot of debate in in Chicago about who is the head man, if there even is a head man anymore, for that very reason. I mean, you stay. Nobody wants to be in the crosshairs of the government. Exactly, which is, I mean, I saw an interview with Vladimir Putin a couple of days ago, but I think it's from a couple of years ago. And it's, he goes, he's like, I'll tell you, it's all in Russian, but like, he says, like, I'll tell you what happens. Um, but it sounds a lot like the Bill Hicks bit. You ever seen that Bill Hicks bit where he's like, I can almost recite it. He's like, a handful of people control the world. It's not a conspiracy. It's just, there's a handful of people that control everything. That's just what it is. It's just, it's nothing sexy about it, but it is what it is. And he goes, and when you're, when you're campaigning and you make all your promises, he goes, and you win the election, you didn't win it. You were chosen to win it, but you may think you won it. And you go in there and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He goes, you do your inauguration, you do your parade, you go to the White House, and then like a door opens up and they bring you down to a room under the Oval Office. And you go down there and it's a big, long wooden table and it has the 12 industrialist capitalist scum fucks that got you into that office. And they're all sitting around the table, smoky room, low lit, and they're smoking cigars. And you take a seat and you take a seat at the head of the table. And they get an old projector running and they, the head guy, roll the film. And a projector comes down and it's a video of the Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before. Not the Zapruder film. And it mm. looks an awfully lot like it's from the grassy knoll. And they don't say a word. Kennedy's head explodes. End it. The film rolls up, or the screen rolls up. The lights come on. They look at you and they go, any questions? And you go, what's my agenda? <laughs> <laughs> and they go, first we bomb Baghdad. You got it. <laughs> but... So Vladimir Putin was saying, he kind of said the same thing. He was like, he was like, I'll tell you what happens. He's like, you get in office, and then after a couple of weeks, a bunch of guys come in and you know, unsuspecting suits, and they, they tell you how, how it is. And he goes, look at Obama. He goes, Obama seems like a pretty you know peaceful you know liberal guy, like all things considered. You know what happened to that like promise that we're closing Guantanamo? He goes, do you think Obama d like was lying? He goes, I don't. I think he genuinely wanted to. Why did it not happen? He goes, he was told that it's not happening. You can do other things. You can tinker around with the Overton window. But he's like, he, no, no, there are some things that you're not touching. But say all of that to say, when you see it happen in real life with the with the Chicago outfit, wouldn't, you know, some systems just naturally cop, not even copy each other. They just, you know, it's like the wheel was invented on like multiple parts of the world, right? They built pyramids and that doesn't mean they're all influenced. It might just be a natural thing, like a natural hierarchy. You build pyramids because with limited technology, that's the easiest way to go. The strongest load bearing things on the bottom and you get smaller as you go up. That's just like a natural law, right? It's It yes. kind of seems like it could just be a natural law of, of um, organize or hierarchical organi organizing. Hierarchical organizing is a man behind the man. Do you think there's any credence to that? I I think there is, and certainly it's true with regard to organized crime in Chicago and presidents. And I mean, they're perfect example. I mean, these guys in Chicago really really had influence on a lot of presidents, and they they directly got their guys appointed to the Supreme Court. 
they had the goods on attorney generals and well you said the mafia did this oh yeah the outfit got their guys on the supreme court yeah holy fuck um if you look that up it's it's shocking isn't it but (laughs) paul rico who we talked about got himself let out of prison early by an attorney general by the name of Tom Clark, who worked for for Truman. Truman, who happened to be a very mobbed up president, by the way. He was? He was. I always thought he was just like a good old American. Maybe that yeah. is good old American. <laughs> Well, you know, it was it was uh, it's a whole nother show, but 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 Paul Rica got out of prison early because Tom Clark let him out. It was a big scandal back in 1947 or so. Next thing we know, Tom Clark is on the Supreme Court of the United States and his son in the 1960s, Ramsey Clark, is the attorney general now the outfit has photographs of him when he was a student at law school in Chicago in a men's room doing things he shouldn't have done. What does Ramsey Clark do but stops all wiretapping of the Chicago outfit on the grounds that I did, you thought it was violating their right. Constitutional. Yeah, yep, yep. And even though these things were not being used in court, you know, there's so many tentacles of Chicago organized crime in government, in the movies, in music. I mean, they decided who was going to be a star, who wasn't going to, going to be a star. Um, but that scene in The Godfather when they put the horse's head in the, yeah. the director's bed, you know, that's all based in reality. Um, Frank Sinatra was a, contracted to sing with Tommy Dorsey, Dorsey's band. Tommy Dorsey wouldn't let him go out of the contract. So they sent a a gunsel get into his bed with him and put a uh, 38 into his mouth and say, Hey, we're going to make you an offer. You can't refuse sign the release. And same thing happened at the end of Sinatra's career to get into from here to eternity. The mob directed his career from the beginning. You know, I I think I told you this. Uh, One of the biggest guys in the Chicago outfit was named Murray Humphreys, the hump. His daughter, Luella, had emotional problems. Guess who her date was to the high school prom? Frank Sinatra. Now, how do you think that happened? Hmm. Mm. Mm. And didn't didn't in uh in 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 Bill O'Reilly's uh, killing Kennedy? Whenever I say that, some people tighten up because they don't like Bill O'Reilly, which is fine. I don't give a f- I don't know anything. I'll be honest. I don't know anything about him. He has a fantastic ghostwriter. So he has a lot of books, and I often mention them on this podcast. Don't tighten up and blot it out just because it's the name Bill O'Reilly. You don't have to like him. I'm indifferent to him. It's a ghostwriter, and his ghostwriter is incredible. And so all the books, Killing Patton, Killing... Uh, Killing Kennedy, Killing the SS, Killing the Rising Sun. Those are all awesome books. Yeah, the royalties go to Bill O'Reilly. Just fucking listen to them. They're great books. But in Killing Kennedy, they talk about how JFK was actually advised by, I think, Robert Kennedy to distance himself from Sinatra because of Sinatra's mob ties. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That happened because 
one of the uh, mobsters, Sam uh, Mooney Giancana, who was a flashy John Gotti type of mob leader, was drunk. He was he was yelling and he was telling he was he was telling the FBI if they ever wanted to talk to him that they knew who they could go through. They could go through Frank Sinatra, and of course Kennedys the Kennedys were supposed to be close to Sinatra and he did distance himself. He, uh, you remember the big snub where he changed plans to stay at Sinatra's and yep. stayed with Bing Crosby instead, a Republican. Flew, that threw Sinatra into a rage. He had built a custom helicopter pad for Kennedy. And when he yes. found out about that, apparently he went out there like a fucking kid with a, with a sledgehammer and broke the, broke, broke down the entire concrete pad while screaming. Yes. Yes. And children. There, there's pictures on our page of Sinatra with various members of the outfit, including Giancana and the Fischetti brothers who were Capone's cousins. Isn't it it weird how Kennedy got whacked, Robert got whacked, and Robert was looking into a lot of the mafia shit, right? And then their dad, Joe Kennedy, he was a moonshine fucking billionaire. There's a whole nother book there about Joe Kennedy going to the outfit asking for help for John in the 1960 election. Get him in office. God damn, man. This is all shit that if you wrote, it would be too sexy. Right. Like you, maybe HBO would take you up on it. Oh, yeah. But this I mean, is real. This <laughs> is real. Outfit, Game of Thrones shit. Uh, Kennedy's CIA reached out to the outfit for help in assassinating Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess you think, well, who else is more qualified to kill somebody than the outfit? I mean, shit, the U.S. government partnered with the mafia in New York because we were putting all of our war effort into going across the Atlantic and the Pacific because we had to go deal with all that. We didn't have time to deal with our own shore. So one thing we did, we had a lot of like uh, early like citizen effort, just like in the Cold War. They had like citizen sky watchers to, you know, distinguish Soviet bombers. But in the cold or in World War Two, we had a bunch of people who literally used to like ride on beaches with horses looking for Japanese and and, uh, German submarines. But with the big time shit that we really couldn't have fucked with L.A., New York, what who do we have? We went there with the mafia and said, hey, watch the ports because, hey, we knew that they were watching them regardless. So. So, hey, just uh, if you see any guys that look a little German or look a little, look a little Asian, you know, Make them disappear, and uh, we won't look at anything else that happens. Drug shipments, whatever. And it got Luciano out of prison. But, I mean, I I would argue that that was probably good. I mean, what's the bigger enemy? The bigger enemy was a technologically advanced megalomaniac named Hitler. You bet. Probably good to turn the the blind eye and uh, let let the mafia do. I mean, horrible shit, yeah, but not a mechanized six million person vaporizing apparatus called the concentration camps, right? Uh, Machiavelli would have approved of the arrangement. Absolutely. And not only that, they're the mafia who you you still, to an extent, had under your thumb. They weren't building me- Messerschmitts and uh, no. and and, nu- and nuclear labs. They wanted money. They wanted cash. They wanted pussy. And they wanted guns. They didn't necessarily want a thousand year Reich. <laughs> Yeah, and this was at a time when the federal government, through the FBI, insisted there was no mafia. <laughs> it's dirty all the way up, man. It's dirty. It wasn't it's... until 1957 that they had to admit it. I, I, it. It just makes you kind of realize, you're like, oh, like, 
the government is is they're just the biggest mafia. They're just the best one. They're clean cut. They got a flag. But and that's not the sh- I, I fucking love this country and I think they're all I think the ve- I think the overwhelming majority of people in the higher ups of the government, I think they're legitimate people that just love their country and want the place to be a better place. They all have their human tendencies. They all lie and cheat. They're different than you or I. But I mean I don't think they're bad people. But I mean I think it's also it is just the biggest it's the biggest they've got the biggest stick. And they clean it up and they wear suits and we have Capitol buildings and we have names like senators and congressmen and deputy secretaries instead of, you know, like the Iceman or something. We have our hit teams. We call them Delta Force. Dev crew. We have our we have our we have our uh, our intel men, but we call it the CIA and the NRO. We have our you know, we go up into other places and fuck with them, call it like a good offense, right? We have our ports. It's just navy. It's all right. the same thing. It's just and it, it that doesn't necessarily mean that we're a bigger mafia. Maybe the mafia is just a smaller government. It's all the same is a power structure, right? Absolutely right. And that's how the mafia really sustains itself is that disenfranchised people bind together to protect themselves against the prejudice and corruption. The model has been proven time and time again. Yeah. The Irish, the 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 Italians, and on and on and on. It's uh Yeah. Do you think that we do you think we have any goings ons with uh with the cartels in Mexico? Oh, without a doubt. I'm sure there's some backroom deals or something. Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm sure that uh, sure that there are. I mean, those what are those movies? The Sicario movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back and back and forth between the, our intelligence guys and the and the cartels. And I'm sure I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. And I'm not a conspiracy nut by any means, but I, I mean, think the reality is, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at how they're tied up. Look at World War II in the ports. Castro, why wouldn't it be? I, I don't know. I, the thing that I think maybe is bigger, a lot bigger th- threat to us as individuals now, is more like Amazon and Facebook and uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Much more of a threat to us, our freedoms. Very subtle. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not mob men killing your wives. It's very subtle. They come to you with brightly colored apps with squeaky, inviting little invitations and little noises. You like tweet or ding, and a little heart explodes. Ah, I posted something. I got 10 likes. <laughs> yeah. But they're, yeah. they're that little reward. That little, little tentacles wrapping around the planet. It's um even worse, though, is China. Did you see a you good for another 10 minutes? Yeah. 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 Let's do it. It's, um, I don't know why I just did that. A whip. It was a good sound, though. I uh, Thank you. Thank you very I, much. I thought to myself, my, that is a good thought, whip. Yeah, that is a good whip soundtrack. This Tommy's a good guy. You know what? I'm going to write him a check for a couple thousand dollars. That, Paul, stop it. You don't need to do that. But well, it's, insist. if you insist. But so one of my favorite video game series is called Black Ops. And the first one yeah. came out when I was in college. And it's just, I mean, it's just like conspiracy, just like sweet nectar. And it's all about like past events. It's not, it's fictional kind of, but you know, it's like the first one you're like, 
you know, you're dealing with Soviets, you're dealing with like taking out their paperclip scientists. It came out in like 2010, right? And it's like the whole tagline was like, it was like the unwritten history, like what really mm-hmm. happened. And I remember I loved it. I was like, fuck yeah, you know, it's like off the books, like, you know, no insignia. And it's like, yes. And like <laughs> your guy ends up turning into like a Manchurian candidate that kills Kennedy or something. It's all, it's, it's amazing. Even if you just watch like the cutscenes, all the cutscenes tied together, it's like an hour. It's a great little movie. Um, the second one was cool because it went into like Noriega and shit, but then they went into the future and it got really stupid. And the third and the fourth ones, I never played. We don't talk about those. They're terrible. Okay. But they're coming out with another one called Cold War. And it's all under Reagan. And it's about like KGB sleeper cells destabilizing the US over decades. And Ooh. it's a. Uh, it's like from an actual KGB defector that I'd never heard of. I don't know how I didn't because I feel like I'd love it. Yuri Bezmanov. And he, he came over and apparently gave like a warning to the CIA. He was like, there's a sleeper agent and the Soviets have like a four decade plan to take over America. And it's like it starts with demoralization, which takes 10 to 15 years, Vietnam. Then it's like destabilization. And then it's, then you start hitting the staples, the economy. I think like 2008, 2001. And it's like, and then you have like mass uh, civil unrest. And it's like, but then it starts panning to like the riots that are going on right now. It's like, and finally, and it's like, it ends with like electing these schmucks that normalization. Uh, they institute these big brother programs. And it's like, and then they make pro- they start to make promises. Doesn't matter whether or not they deliver them, right? It's like free college, free Medicare, free. And he goes, and that's how it's happening. He's like, and this isn't like the 80s. And he's like, this is all taking every second this closer. And he did defect. And he ended up, I think he wrote like a, a book called like A Love Letter to America. Like he legitimately loved America. But so this video game is about that, right? And it's about all these guys. There's a high level spy that's pulling it off called Perseus, who apparently is a historical figure that they never found. And, uh, you know, it's all, of course, sexied up for the video game. But the entire thing is, Every, all the comments in the YouTube uh, in the YouTube comment section are all, are all like, you know, the other, the, the Black Ops 1 and, and most of 2 were all really sexy because it was all real shit. And then 3 and 4 got into stupid. It was like a thousand years in the future and you're in space. And I was like, hey, whatever. But it's like back to that sort of like real history kind of thing. But it was also like, does anyone else feel like this is like oddly aimed at 2020? Like everything that's going on right now? And the tagline they keep doing is called like know your history know your history because it's real this is real shit i mean we know with china the 100 year marathon we know they have a 100 year plan all of that to say this in the original trailer there was just a couple frames of when they're using like um civil unrest like footage you know it's just random riots it's like um yeah it's like a like polish uprisings like east germany west germany um, but one of the, there's like a couple frames of Tiananmen Square. China reached out to Treyarch, T-R-E-Y-A-R-C-H, the company that makes Black Ops, which I think is owned by EA. Could be wrong. Activision, whatever. And they said that you're going to remove that. You're going to remove those couple frames or you're not going to have access to the Chinese market, which is 1.3 billion people. Yes. And Treyarch took down the trailer and re-uploaded a new one with at the Tiananmen Square. But they still have the audacity to say, know your history. So it is now, it's already, it's already being tainted 
and asterisked by know your people you know you know the sarcasm font capital letter lowercase level capital everyone know your history as you're actually wiping out your history and so it's weird that it's it is real time know your history as the history is being erased from the literal trailer saying know your history so yeah so it's meta history now yeah it's 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 happening right now. That doesn't have anything to do with what we were talking about, but I thought it was interesting because you and I had talked about China before, and I sent it to I sent it to General Spalding, asked him what he thought. Wait, I wait. think that's fantastic. Yeah, and you know it's a business decision. I Absolutely. understand it's a, it. It's yeah, you're a private business. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm not trying to say that you can't do that. You're more than welcome to. It's like you and I always say: you're free to do that. You're free to censor. You're also free to lose your business. Exactly. Consequences. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't they do a version for China that doesn't have that in there? Because China's getting bolder. Now they know they, they can take off the whole trailer because they're I growing. Think the whole world's kind of pissed off at China. I personally, I mean, you know, my viewpoint, I think we just need to nuke them from orbit. But, you know, I know that's not a a popular idea or a sane Might one. Be burning down the baby with taking out the baby with the bathwater. Burning the there. baby with the bathwater. Yep, might be thro- my metaphors that's so upsetting it might be throwing out the baby with the bathwater into the nuclear explosion <laughs> it's yes uh, yeah it's uh yeah man i don't i don't know i like to think i'd like to think that i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that i'm listening to dawn of the code war who the fuck is it by um one of the authors is the co-author is garrett graff of raven rock yeah, right. I got in touch with the other day again about the podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. and He sounds interested, but he sounded interested last time in, like, February. Right. And he's starting, right. he's starting to ghost me again, so I'm going to have to call him again and be like, hey. Keep it up. Don't, don't quit. Yeah. There's a fine line between being persistent and being, like, harassing, right? Well, you don't want to be yeah. annoying. You don't want to be, like, a dick. Like, the dude has a life. He has a family. He has kids. He's a professor. Like, you know. But at the same time, I really want him. But the book with Garrett Graff, but the primary author is John P. Carlin, Dawn of the Code War. It is a good fucking book. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. A lot of interesting shit about cyber warfare. Very in line with, like, Stealth War by Robert Spaulding. Um, but one of the things that I'm on right now is, like, the real-world effects of the movie The Interview. You know, the Seth Rogen movie about Kim Jong-un? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And like the Sony hacks that came from North Korea, dude. It the real life story of like the making of that movie and the impacts are almost funnier than the actual movie, which I think is already it's one of my favorite movies. It's pretty good, yeah. Some of the shit that they're like North Korea was like sending messages to the FBI and Sony, and they're like, "You will take down this film of terrorism," and I'm, it sounds like South Park. They're like. And Sony will pay for making such an unfunny movie, making fun of Dear Leader. And I was just like, you know, of course they've got their they've got their fucking cliche threats. They're like, you remember the 11th of September? It will be a million times worse. Like, okay, yeah, okay, North Korea. But uh, some of the shit was like, they have like real serious threats. Like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna kill like the directors, the producers, the actors, and then they'd like release their addresses. And it was like, okay, well that's a real threat. Like, we need the FBI there. But then it was other stuff like, and you will see the effect or the impact of making an unfunny movie about the glorious North Korea. <laughs> I was listening to that part this morning laughing. I was laughing 
like I'm, or this morning while going for my walk, I was laughing like an idiot because <laughs> I just imagine South Park like. I imagine a South Park clip of like you are not um, you are not released this unfunny movie about our glorious reader and like I can't feel yeah yeah like like oh yes Hombricks oh yes it's like you will not release this film or there will you will be visited by a thousand nuclear warheads for making an unfunny movie and the world will see how <laughs> unfunny your theaters are and I was just like <laughs> I was just like you can't write this shit. But there was legitimate, yeah, and uh, apparently o- Obama eventually had to make a statement on like December nineteenth of like twenty thirteen or something. And I don't know if it was a public statement or if it was a statement to the intelligence community, but it's fucking brilliant. O- Obama was like, uh, he was like, you know, this is obviously a, a grave threat and of, uh, of for setting future precedences of letting an outside actor. Um, push censorship on us and fear that is letting terrorism win and uh and worse yet could impose self-censorship and uh but then he said he was like if they don't like you for putting out this movie imagine what will happen when you put out a documentary on them because you if you if you let them start censoring you now it's over so he says he goes they are personalities talking about kim jong-un goes they are personalities that don't like being made fun of but indeed, they are personalities that should probably made, be made fun of. And then got on Air Force One. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, so Obama basically saying, release the film. Just release the film. Fuck them. And then uh, apparently, like, all of, like, the... In- North Korea has their own internet called the intranet. It's, it's like a self-closed system. Apparently, like, a couple days later, like, that whole system went down and no one could get online in North Korea. It's kind of like the intelligence community smiled and winked. Like, oh, uh-huh. we don't know what happened. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> but uh, what a coincidence! Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of badass from Obama. Yeah, he was. He was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they sh- they should be made. And then he said he's like, and we will return in kind. And a couple days later, their whole system went down. Oh wow, what happened? What a what a coincidence! <laughs> Big dick, baby. Um. <laughs> Closing this podcast up. Are you gonna? Are you gonna make a podcast? We're doing one. Okay. We're doing. A, it's a video now. It's on YouTube. Kings, killers, and clowns. The the uh, send me underworld. The link. Send me the link. So I will send you the link. We've got our interviews up there. With uh, yesterday, we did a cast with the author of a new book about Capone and the Untouchables. Okay. And the guy that wrote The Road to Perdition, I don't know if you've seen that, the Tom Hanks and Paul Newman movie. Mm-mm. And uh, we've been having a good time, and uh, we're, we're putting more up all the time. Are you, so but you're going to keep going? It's all started. Because I, 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 I thought I saw something in your Facebook group about an episode. I was like, is Paul finally doing it? Yeah. Dude, you I think. Started, buddy. Ah, bullshit. I think, dude, I, I, I'm excited for that. I want to see you go into it. You're, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good because there there are a lot of podcasts that are just series about specific things like there's the fighter pilot podcast yeah. there's a the after action review report which I haven't watched but I've seen some of the guys I've had on be on there I think Comstock mm-hmm. Mike Durant and it's by this dude yeah. it seems like it's my age X Green Beret 
and describes himself as the world's most okayest Green Beret. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, but these are all like specific things, right? Fighter pilot podcast. There's all very specific. There's like nuclear war podcasts, serial killer podcasts. Mm-hmm. You clearly have a passion for the Chicago outfit. Make a fucking Chicago because you can't rely on the History Channel anymore because it's all a bunch of fucking rednecks looking at the aliens in the skies talking about how there's bulletproof alligators like it's right that shit's retarded you can't have it anymore so yeah they've ushered in they've ushered in they they've handed the field for legitimate they're now re-uploading all their old shit from the 90s and 2000s yeah superstructures documentaries all the common and the videos are on like 144p because they're all made in like 2003 but they're re-uploading them like in 2020 the last couple months Everyone's commenting like, oh, my God, you remember this? How great all this shit was? You know, real Air Force One episodes or uh, the Patronus Towers in Kuala Lumpur. Like, wonderful. And point I'm getting at is they've completely abandoned that market in the last 10 years to go for aliens and retarded rednecks. Like, And Bigfoot. Bigfoot, Yeah, but all that real shit, no one's delivering that anymore. You got to come in there, man. There's a there's a fucking opening. Go get it. Chicago outfit. People still want this in, in, interesting shit. It's just you're not going to get it from them because they're chasing that they're chasing that uh that lucrative Bigfoot alien niche, which apparently is massive, but you know. Come on, Nazi moon bases are fun. And they will never not be fun, and I will fucking die on that hill, but it's that's right. There's not. There's not. A, there's not a. I mean, that's why you have the after action review. That's why you have the fighter pilot podcast. That's why you have that. Uh, that channel, uh, Mega Structures. It's all the same shit that Discovery Channel and History Channel used to do, but they don't do it anymore. Right. So, right. end point of that rant is, you need to go in there, swoop up that shit, take it over. I don't know. I think it may be a ghost investigator show. Yeah. Fuck you. If you do that, I'll, if, you're, <laughs> if you do that, I'll kill you. I will. This is a. This is a threat. This is a threat. Show this. To, you're a lawyer. Show it to your lawyer. This is a threat. If you make a, if you turn your fucking Chicago outfit information distribution platform into a ghost show, I will kill you, Paul Wickham. Fucking take that. Take that out of the bank. I'll send you a transcript. I'll sign it and it's fingerprint it for you. Excuse. Yeah, I'll fingerprint that shit. You can bring that to court. I'll go to court willingly. I will kill you, Paul. <laughs> well, thank you for being honest. <laughs> Just. Just being honest with you, man. I won't actually do that because there is some asshole out there that will use that. But <laughs> <laughs> Paul Waco, episode one seventy three, three thirty five p.m. Eastern Time, August, September August thirty second, twenty twenty. Till next time. Till next time, brother. Till next time. Are you good? Did you watch that video? Did you watch that video I sent you? That like 60 frame per second video remaster of that 1902 monorail system in Germany? I have not seen that one. Did I not send? Which one did I send you? You sent me the, the one remote about viewing the stations underneath. Yes. That's an episode that we need to do. Yeah, that's really weird. Isn't man. that weird, man? Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. As we were just shitting on all this dipshit stuff on Discovery Channel. I watched that and I'm like, oh, aliens under the mountains. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like Witch Mountain. Exactly. But yeah. And was it, but it was like independently corroborated by another remote viewer. Well, there you go. Two remote viewers. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, fucking, well, I mean, <laughs> shit. Seal it shut. That's it. Write it down in the history books. It is now. That is. <laughs> that's it. 
That's it, you know, I just, the crystal ball said it was, so. America will pay dearly for this unfunny film about remote viewing and glorious reader. Is Kim Jong-un dead? I know I said we'd end this, but is Kim Jong-un dead or alive? Do we know that? We don't know. We don't know. There's conflicting reports. <laughs> yeah, whenever anyone asks what this podcast is, there's a reason why I can't get a, give a definitive answer. Because no one episode is even a definitive topic. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's Stream of Consciousness. If that's all it is. That would be a good name for the podcast, Stream of Consciousness. It actually would be. Yeah. You can use that. Man, I feel like I should. It's nah. not a bad idea. It's descriptive. Yeah, Stream of What's the? It's just, it is. I also like TPC because it's also all-encompassing. What is it? It's uh, my podcast. No, what that's is right. it? It's Tommy's podcast. It's TPC. It's, and that is my Stream of Consciousness. And I'm too lazy to make a new name, so... um Let's end this bitch. I got another one at six, so got to get ready for All that. Right, Ease my brain. All right, Paul. Till next time. Stay safe. I like your shirt. Thanks. Peace. Bye.